Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Let's do this. Let's jump into what we're doing today. We are in week two of a series called How to Live Through a Bad Day. And let me give you our theme verse for the whole thing. It's Hebrews 12, 2. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. I like that it says that because that is the point of it. We're going to keep our eyes on him. We're going to focus on him because he ran the same race of life that we're in. And it's a study how he did it. So that's what we're doing in this series. And anytime we look at the life of Jesus, we're studying how he did it, particularly how he lived through his worst day. Because the day that we call Good Friday, the, the Friday before he was, or the Friday he was crucified, uh, it, it was not a very good day for him. It was his worst day ever. And so we're going to look at how we face our bad days. But the verse continues and says, the reason we can study how he did it is because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, or whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. And so that's what we're, we're doing in this series. We're looking at how Jesus faced his worst day. And specifically, we're actually looking at seven statements that Jesus made when he was on the cross. Now, to find these seven statements, you'll have to look in the four Gospels that are found in your Bible. The Gospels, by the way, Gospel means good news. And the four Gospels I'm talking about begin the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you'll find the seven statements that Jesus made. And the very first one that he made after he was beaten, abused, uh, and crucified on the cross and humiliated, and as they erected the cross and dropped it into the place where he would, he would stay and die, the first statement he made was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, that's what we talked about last week, and if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to listen to that message. You can listen to it on our app, or we're on Spotify as well. Just look for Simple Church Ohio or, or iTunes. You can, you can listen to that message in a lot of different ways or watch it on Facebook uh, re- rebroadcast it, but, but I, I promise you, I think it's so important that we as a church learn how to forgive, to be those who not only forgive, but forgive in advance and have that attitude like Jesus did, forgive them for they know not what they do. Second statement Jesus made while he's on the cross was this. He's hanging on the cross, and, and when Jesus went, you see a picture Uh, most often of the cross, and you see not one cross, but two other crosses there. When Jesus was crucified, on his worst day, he was hanging between two criminals. And And when that happened, it says in Luke 23, 39, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, said, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us, which by the way makes sense. If he was the Christ, if he was the Messiah, then he would have the power and the authority to call angels down to rescue him from off that cross and could have rescued them as well. So, so he understands potentially who he is, but he's insulting him. The other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God? He said, since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting the, what our deeds deserve. In other words, the other criminal understood he belonged there. 
that he was paying the price for being a thief. He understood that both of them had done a crime, but that Jesus had not. He said, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. I think there's a whole lot of people that are hurting today and are struggling. And the most important thing that they want is for you to remember them, to remember them, to walk with them and to help them. But he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. Now it's interesting that in this moment, literally and figuratively, Jesus' hands are tied up. He can't help this guy. Besides that, he's in the middle of dying for you and I's sins. That's what he was doing there on the cross, and he had a purpose there. And instead of telling this guy, look, I'm a little busy right now dying for your sins, I'll get back with you, leave a message after the tone, he says to the guy, listen, he recognizes his struggle, and despite his own struggle, what he said to him taught us a powerful lesson. And it's the second lesson in this series. And I promise you that if you'll learn this lesson and you'll live out this lesson, that it will help you through your own bad day. And that was Jesus taught us to help others who are experiencing your same struggle. In the middle of our bad day, instead of focusing on ourselves, we can find someone struggling that we can help. And if we decide to do this, three things are going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen is it's going to distract us from our own needs. You know, pain is one of the great blinders in life. When you're hurting or there's a need in your life that is unmet, we tend to only focus on that. But if you intentionally place your focus somewhere else, it's easy to forget your pain. So when you focus on serving someone else, it distracts you. Your pain's not going away, your struggle's not going away, but now you have something to place your attention on. The second thing that happens is it helps you to see the solution. Man, oftentimes in the middle of our struggle, we can't see the way out. But if we find somebody that's struggling with our same need, we become like really brilliant people, don't we? We, we can tell them how, exactly how to deal with their situation. Well, this is what you need to do, right? And then they're like, well, is that what you did? And you're like, no, but I think I should. Come on, anybody out there, you know what I'm talking about? Take your own medicine, right? You, you find that solution because you're willing to, to look into somebody else's life with a different perspective. That's why it's important we live our life focused on others. You'll see solutions for them that'll work for you. The third thing that'll happen is it'll allow you to put everything in perspective. This one's really important. It'll allow you to put everything in perspective because when you're going through the bad day, most of the time you think it's like the worst thing ever that's ever happening, that you're isolated, that you're alone, that nobody's having any troubles, that woe is me, I can't believe this is happening, I'm the only one, and we have a tendency to lose perspective. We have a tendency to lose it. But if we're intentional about helping others who are struggling too, we'll gain some perspective. And with this perspective, you realize it's not as bad as you think that you're a lot more blessed than you realize. But we forget that in the middle of our struggles. We forget that perspective. But if you want to gain it back, go serve someone. Find someone who is struggling in the same way that you are. Find someone that's struggling at all. Go visit somebody in a hospital if you'd like to gain some perspective. Listen, go walk with some guys or, or ladies in recovery. 
Man, these beautiful people are fighting for their lives and they just want somebody to come along and believe in them and walk with them. They're struggling. They've got to struggle. Go, here, here's another one. Go on a missions trip. You want to gain some perspective? Do that. This year, we're going back to Honduras for our third time. The first year we went, we took nine. The second year, it was 13. And this year, we have the most we've ever had. 25 people headed to Honduras to make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But if you want to gain some perspective, go on a missions trip. I'll never forget my very first trip to Panama. Going there and just seeing the poverty that was there. And I mean, I'm not talking like, like here we see a few people that are broke. We see a few people that are homeless, that are begging for scraps or that need some help. We see a few. But, it, but in Panama, in this particular area, it was not a few. It was everyone. There wasn't a single person in the, in the community that we were serving that was better off than the other. They all had dirt floors and pieces of tin that they pulled out of a scrapyard to form walls and ceilings. Some of them just had trees as their walls, and they would lean things up against them. I'll never, never, ever, ever forget getting there and finding that these people, despite all the stuff they didn't have, despite the fact that they didn't have indoor plumbing, come on somebody, you know what I'm talking about, indoor plumbing is a blessing, or a bathroom at all, despite the fact that they didn't have any of this, they were happier than we were. The Americans, the gringos coming in, had all the money and, all the, and, and two cars and a, and a, big, and a nice house and, and money in the bank, and they were happier than us. There was one young man there, and I tell this story often. His name was Ariel. Ariel took two weeks off to serve with us to help build the church. He had, so he's having no income, just trusting God. When we found that out, we took up an offering amongst us missionaries, and we gave it to him. Do you know what Ariel did with that? He bought us all gifts. He used the money to buy us gifts. He was just so happy that we were there. Like, you want some perspective? Go on a mission trip. Go, go to a place where they don't have all that you have. I mean, I think of my friends often. On difficult days, I think of my friends in Panama, in El Salvador, in Honduras. And I think about their daily struggles. It's not just dirt floors. It's the dangers that actually exist in their countries, the gangs, the fact that they could get trafficked into sex trafficking or drug trafficking at any moment, that, that Honduras and El Salvador are, are the murder capitals of the world. And these are very real fears for them and concerns for them, struggles for those people. And I think about that and I'm like, man, I don't have it so bad. Like my issue that just seems so overwhelming is not as bad. Remember that we're going through, but we're better off than most. Now this is more than just a good attitude that I'm asking you to approach life with. I'm not asking you just to have a good attitude. I'm telling you that, that if you'll be willing to, in the middle of your struggle, find someone else who's struggling and serve them, that in those moments, God steps onto the scene. And he adds his power and he adds his strength to your situation. Let me show it to you in scripture. Isaiah 58 says this, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, in other words, you're hungry, but you're feeding others. He says, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then... Your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. How many of you can use some of that? He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. In other words, a land that is, that is barren, a land that is going through, through uh, famine. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. 
you will be like a well-watered garden. Not that you're watering yourself, because remember, you're watering other people, but he's the one that's watering you, like a spring whose waters never fail. Now, this is a biblical principle that we need to understand, that if we are faithful and intentional to serve others in the middle of our pain, God likes that, and he adds his blessing to it. And as a church... As a body of believers, we have to choose to focus our attention this way and to organize ourselves around the principle of serving others despite having needs ourselves. At Simple Church, that's what our programming is all about. In fact, when, as you attend here, you're going to hear us talk a whole lot about getting you on board to serve because here's the deal. If you're going through something and you choose to help someone else, that's when you choose to help someone else that you're actually going to get the help that you need. That's what happens if you'll do that. That's not us withholding, serving you. We'll serve you. I'm telling you that God adds his power. God adds his wisdom. God adds his strength to what you're going through when you choose to serve other people and deal with their own issues. That's the why behind Growth Track. Seriously, we want you to understand the giftings that God has placed inside of you so that you can understand how you can make a difference in someone else's life. Growth Track is four simple steps to understanding that journey. We want to help you get connected to a church. We want to help you understand what your gifts are. We give you a personality profile and a spiritual gifts assessment. And then we're going to help you grow in your influence, which, by the way, is just leadership. And each and every single one of you is a leader. Say, I'm a leader. leader. Yeah, that's you. You're a leader. And then in the fourth step, we want to help you get connected to a team so that you can make a difference in people's lives so that you can use that gift God has placed inside of you. We think it's so important because we believe everybody's spiritual journey is for you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. But we don't, we don't believe that just so, and we don't teach that just so that we can have more help here at the church. We do want your help, and we do need your help, especially in kids' men. Sign up today. But we do need your help. But that's not why we talk about it so much. It's because unless you understand how you're wired to make a difference and given an opportunity to join a team that's making a difference, you won't get the help that you need in your own life with your own struggles. It helps you. When your life is spent focused on others, it helps you. And we want you involved for what it does for you. Here it is in Scripture. This is is 2 Corinthians 1. Verses 3 through 7, so go with me here, a bit of scripture. It says, All praise to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone who is going through hard times. Not just for fun, the verse continues, says, So that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no, more, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. When we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing and salvation. If we are treated well, given a helping hand and encouraging word, that also works to your benefit, spurring you on, face forward, unflinching. Your hard times are also our hard times. So Paul's like, hey, you're going through hard times. We're going to share that together. When we see that you're just as willing to endure the hard times as to enjoy the good times, we know you're going to make it. No doubt about it. The best way to help you make it through your difficult day 
is to help you realize that you are called by God to come alongside someone who is struggling with the same thing you are struggling with. I'll, I'll never forget last year, I, I was sitting with, uh, with one of our, our very close friends, Amanda and Josh Sally, who are now in Florida. He's, he's stationed there now. He's in the Air Force. And, and I remember walking with her through, through some pregnancies. She and Josh were trying to get pregnant, and they, they finally did, and they conceived a child. His name, was Gabe. His name is, not was, he's still alive. He's with us. <laughs> Whew, dodge that bullet. Gabe is with us. Uh, and, uh, and, and they had a child, but, but it, it's been two years, and, and, and they're ready to, to have another child. And so they began the process again, and, and it's a, a process called IVF, in vitro fertilization. I say that right, babe? Any, any nurses or doctors out there? I said that right. Okay, good. Never can tell. And, uh, and so she goes through this process, and she went through it twice, and both times she lost the child. And I remember sitting with Amanda, and I shared this verse with her. I said, you know what? I feel compelled to share this with you because I think what you're going through, the pain that you're going through right now, it, it, that, that how God is comforting you because she's like, I just trust God. She's walking through it all. I trust God. Yes, we want this child, and yes, it stinks that we've lost the child twice, but I trust God. I'm just walking through this. I said, you know what? I just read this verse this week. I feel compelled. I need to share it with you that God comforts you so you can comfort others. I shared this verse with her. And I said, I really feel like you've got a gifting to do that, that God will use your pain if you'll allow him. Well, next thing I know, Amanda's doing just that. We have another couple here, Jason and Corey Woodland, who are trying to conceive as well. And they've, they've gone through a very long process. They've tried all the things the doctors have asked them to do, the medications and, and even the IVF. And, and, uh, and, and despite that, they still weren't able to conceive. And Amanda, they were going to try again. They'd given up all hope and decided we're going to give this, give this another shot, and, and uh, Amanda was right there with them, walking with them. She decided to be an encouragement. Even though she was still struggling, she herself was trying to get pregnant, she decided to walk alongside Corey and Jason. I remember there was nights before doctor's appointments, she and my wife and some, and, and, um, some other ladies showed up on her doorstep unannounced just to, just to hug her, just to pray with her, just to love her and support her through that process. And through doing that, through serving someone else who was struggling just like her, not only was she comforted, but God gave her some perspective that I want to share with you that is so uncommon. She said, Aaron, my prayers have begun to shift. She said, I was praying for a child. She said, but after I began walking with them, I realized that I have a child and they don't. She said, so my prayers be shifted to God. The grace that you would give me for a child, would you just give it to the woodlands? Oh, I just, I just, I remember her sharing that with me and I just started crying and I was just so thankful for a God of grace that works in us as we walk with others. The beautiful news is, and, and, uh, uh, and I think this is the, this is the first time we're sharing it publicly. December 25th, Jason and Corey found out that they're pregnant. They're sitting right here and uh, God has blessed them. Bless them with a child. And, 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 and let me just share this further. This doesn't always happen when you choose to serve those that are struggling. But not only did Jason and Corey get pregnant, and God is blessing them with a child that is growing in her belly. I pray, I pray for baby Woodland often. You should too. But Amanda came in town in January for my birthday, and she and Gabe came to visit, and she gave me a birthday card, and I opened it up, and on the inside... 
was an ultrasound. She's pregnant. Hold tight, hold tight. She's pregnant without drugs or medication or IVF or anything. She got pregnant naturally, and God has blessed them. And now, both of these children, they're going to be born September 1st, September 3rd. Is that right? Two days apart. Come on, somebody. Isn't God good? I share that because that's how it's done. You find somebody that is struggling with the same struggle you have, and you begin walking with them. And when you do it, when you offer comfort, it will help you as well. So how do we do it? Well, this is something that's not in my notes, and I'm going to tell you that the two ways that God commonly uses you to, to, to serve someone in this capacity is through two things. It, it, it's through your purpose, your, your, your giftings in life. He'll use those, those things inside you that when you do them, they make an eternal difference in someone's life. He'll use those things to impact somebody's life. That's why I'll never get tired of talking about growth track because 80% of the church body has no idea why they're here on this earth. I don't mean just here in this room. I mean the body of Christ worldwide. They have no idea how God has gifted them and why, how, how he's gifted them and that he's called them to make a difference. They don't know what, the, what those things are. And he'll use those gifts inside of you to impact someone's life. The second thing he'll use is your pain. So he uses your purpose and he uses your pain. All of those mistakes that you've made in your life, all of the struggles that you have, all of the, the terrible circumstances that you've faced in your life, every single one of those moments of pain, God will not allow it to be wasted. He will take your pain and turn it into your purpose, or like I often say, he will make your mess your message and allow you to serve people with the way that you've struggled. So he uses your purpose and he uses your pain to make a difference in people's lives. And the reason he'll use your pain is because more often than not, people don't want to talk to perfect people. You know that, right? They want to talk to somebody that's got issues. So I know you've got issues and I've got them too. And if you say, well, Aaron, I don't have any issues. Well, that's your issue. <laughs> I don't want to talk to no perfect people. So you'll take your passions, your, your purpose, and your pain and use them to make a difference in people's lives. You say, well, how? Well, let's look at this statement that Jesus made, and I'm, I'm wrapping up real quick here. The second statement that he made, I've dissected it into three things that we can do. Check it out. The first one, he says, is to offer them stability. Offer them stability. As you serve them, Offer them stability. Jesus said to the guy on the cross, assuredly, I say to you. <clears throat> assuredly. Saying, you know what, if I, if I don't know anything else, I know this. That people need something solid to stand on. Especially in this world today where nothing is clear, nothing is concrete, nothing is firm, nothing is secure, nothing is certain. Oh, you think your money is? That's not, that's not right. You, you think your health is. You think your relationships are. You think where you live, all these things are secure and certain, and they're just not. No, the only thing I know to be certain is one thing, and that is Christ. And on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. In the uncertainty of life, we can look to Jesus, because he did this for us, Psalms 42, he said, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock, 
and gave me a firm place to stand. You know, as you're walking with someone who's struggling, you may not have all the answers. You don't don't know what to say, but you know a book that you can lead them to. It's your Bible. You know there's a church that you can take them to, and you know that there is a God you can bring them to that does not change. Now, some of you think, think that God not changing, that you like, that, that's a problem. That's not a problem. Let me tell you something. That's a promise that God doesn't change, that no matter what your circumstances are, whether your bad day is something that life thrust upon you or because of a decision that you made, his love is unchanging and unflinching for us because he himself is love. He does not change. He is stable. And on Christ, the solid rock, we will stand. So offer them stability. And as you're walking with them, the second thing you offer them is support. Offer them support. This is what they need most as they're walking through what they're struggling with. Jesus said this, today you will be with me. Man, something shifts when you have somebody in your life, doesn't it? You can be going through your worst day, and you can pick up a phone and call a best friend, or you can have somebody come over to your house and just sit with you. I I know plenty of times when people have lost loved ones in their lives, they've passed away unexpectedly. I don't have the words to say, but all I can do is just go and sit there and pat them on the back, stroke their hair, hold their hand, cry with them. I, I don't have any answers but there is power in presence. And there is power in your presence when you offer to support them. See, the thing is, we aren't designed to do life alone. That's not God's design or his purpose for us, especially on our bad days. We need someone to walk with us. And I'm gonna tell you this, for those of you that continue to shrug off relationships and the opportunities you have to have relationships with people, You need those relationships before you have your bad days. Because I think too many times we have a tendency to isolate ourselves until we start facing something difficult and then we start looking for friends to have in our lives instead of having built those healthy relationships all along the way and then when somebody isn't there, we blame God and the church. Well, I didn't mean to get in your business. I just need you to know that you need to begin forming relationships now. Don't wait until you're hurting. If you are hurting, know that you please, please reach out. But understand, it is better to reach out before you're hurting. That's why we have our grow groups, these small groups of people that meet. I think there's, there's 16 or 18 different ones. Some are study groups. Some are, some, some are activity groups. I lead a, an outreach group. We go down to the Dream Center, and, and we serve those that are, that are less fortunate. Every Monday night, we go down there. It's, it's awesome time. And you can jump into these groups at any point in time. There's also a financial one where you can go in there and you can learn how to get out of debt. And you're going to meet a friend. We really want that for you. We hope that you meet a friend and we hope that you get out of debt. We pray for that. But we hope you meet a friend too. Like that's the most, like that's the most important thing. We want you to meet a friend along the way. We want you to get to know some people. Get into a place where you can be honest and open with them about what's going on in your life. So the Bible says this. Here's the reason for our groups. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, right? In other words, you're walking with other believers, and man, I got your back. 
You can say, I got your back. I'll be with you in the middle of whatever you're facing. Three are even better. So now we've got a small group. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Man, if you'll get around some godly people, they'll have your back. They'll walk with you through any and every single one of your circumstances. I heard this story from another church. There was a small group of people that one of the guys that was leading the group, he actually walked through a bout of cancer and some chemotherapy, and as a result, all of his hair fell out. Well, that group wasn't having that. You know, of course, they're praying and supporting him, but that group decided that since all his hair was falling out, that they were all going to have their heads shaved too, including his wife. Now, I remember hearing this story. I was thankful for two things. I was thankful that he had a group of people that loved him so much that they would do that. And then I was thankful I was not in his group because I like my hair. (laughs) I'm kidding, but I'm kind of serious. We go through things together better. We need that. We need people in our lives. We may not have the answer to the problem, but we can be willing to say, I'll be with you. I'll stand with you. I'll walk with you through it. My pastor calls it sitting in the mud with somebody. I'll just sit in the mud with you. It's messy down here. It's not pretty, but that's where you're at right now, and I'm willing to sit here with you. Jesus said, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. So offer them stability, offer them support, and then the last thing is to offer them salvation. Offer them salvation. You know, you could do the first two, but if you don't do this last one, then the greatest thing that they need is being withheld. You can offer them some stability. You can offer them some comfort but, and some support. But if you don't offer them salvation, you're missing the last part of what Jesus said. He said, because for today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, this word paradise, if you were to, to, to actually translate it, it really literally means a resort. Think about that. Today, you're going to be with me in a resort. I know you're a criminal. I know you're having a rough day. I know both of us are not, not exactly looking too pretty right now. But here in a little bit, you're going to be with me in a resort. I imagine a resort is like chilling on the beach with your feet in the waves, nothing to do, no schedules. I see some smiles. You guys are, you guys are with me, right? <laughs> Maybe a cold beverage next to you, and you're just stone cold chilling. Mmm, Calgon, take me away. Some of you are there. And this is what it's like. It's rest. It's peaceful. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, you're going to be with me and you're going to enter into rest. And he offers this criminal a word that I think you need to hear. Because in the middle of our struggles, and other people are struggling too, what, what they need to hear the most is simply this. I know it's tough, but heaven is coming. Paradise is coming. See, I think the Bible talks about heaven differently than we do. We want heaven here on earth. We want God to fix everything here on earth. And, and, and I'll pray with you. I'll agree with you that God will move on your behalf. I believe that God can. I believe that he's all powerful. But some, sometimes God doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't fix things here on this earth. And the reason that he doesn't is because he has something better for you. He has something better for you. He wants you to experience the beauty of living a life of trust and a hope that there is something better. Oftentimes, Jesus, when 
when faced with difficulties and faced with people that were going through tough times, yes, he healed people. He did good things for people, but he didn't always fix it. Check it out. Jesus did something better. He gave them something to focus on. He says this in John 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And many of you have let, here today, you've let your hearts be troubled. And there's people that, you're, that are in your life, their hearts are troubled right now. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I am going, to prepare, going there to prepare a place for you. See, God sent Jesus to pay for our sins, and he did. And his power is now at work in your life through the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you and through your situations. But God doesn't always fix things here on this earth. But there's a promise. There's a promise that there's a day coming when we will experience heaven, where we'll experience paradise, where we'll experience rest. Because no matter how God moves here on this earth, his final move is better. Because in heaven, there's no cancer, there's no sickness, there's no death, there's no tears, there's no traffic, bless the Lord, and Chipotle is always open and the lines are short. And the Krispy Kreme hot light is always on. Oh, bless the Lord. Oof. You need to be reminded of that. They need to be reminded of that. As you walk with them, they need to be reminded that God's, God's trustworthy and that he has something better right in, in, in heaven and that it's coming. I know what you're facing hurts. Today there's many of you that are hurting right now. But you need to know that even though you want an answer now, that heaven is coming. Because of this, Jesus offers more than a better now. He offers a better place. Let's pray today. For those of you here in this room, I just want to speak to your spirit for just a second. God loves you, and he cares for you. If you're here today and you're struggling with something, he loves you and he cares for you. And my encouragement to you is to not let your pain blind you and keep you from this principle of serving others. Because I know, I know that it works, that if you'll do it, you'll experience the help that God has for you. That you'll gain the perspective he needs you to have as you walk through this. That he'll add his power and his strength to your life. There's a joy that you can know in the middle of facing your worst day by serving other people. And so God, today I pray that no matter what we're facing, that we may know that you're with us. Help us to be there for others. Help us to stand firm in Christ's love for us and for others. Let us keep in focus and help others see the same, that you have something better for us than anything in this life, and that is eternity in heaven with you. Now, as, I, as we wrap up this prayer, I want to speak to those of you in this room. You may be hurting today, and, and these principles are all principles you can walk out as long as you have a relationship with God. 
Some of you in this room would identify, Aaron, I don't have a relationship with God. I, I don't know him. Or maybe you would say, Aaron, I, I did have a relationship with God, and for one reason or another, I've walked far away from him. Wherever you're at on this journey, just know that, that God's not mad at you. His love is unconditional. That means there's no condition for you to receive his love. It is free for you. His mercies are new every morning. And so if that's you and you're here today and you need to receive his grace, receive his mercy, to experience his love all over again, you can. It begins with a simple prayer. And I'm going to pray that prayer and lead us all in it in a moment. And if you're here today and you say, Aaron, I'm joining you in that prayer. I am taking that step of faith to say yes to Jesus in this moment, to invite him into my life, to receive God's love, whether for the first time or you're coming home. I, I will not make you stand up or come to the front of the room. I'm just going to ask you where you're at. Would you be bold enough to just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me. Would you do that now? Say, Aaron, that's me. I'm joining that prayer today. Church, let's pray together. If you're joining us online, you can pray right where you're at, listening through the podcast or, or through the video. Pray with us. Pray out loud these words. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come fill my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Today I give you my life. Now you give me yours. Show me how to live for you. And I'll spend every day doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Can we celebrate with those that are making a commitment today? Yeah. Now listen, if that's the commitment you made, I've already talked about it a lot. I talk about it every Sunday. Growth Track is for you. You're not meant to understand or know this journey on your own. We want to help you with that. We want to walk with you through that, partner with you, and help you understand God's plan and his purpose for your life. And so Growth Track happens every single Sunday during first service, this service right now in the conference room. You can step in at any time, but usually makes more sense to step in at step one, which is the first Sunday of the month. First step, second step, third step, fourth step, all follow the different first, second, third, fourth Sundays of the month. So make a plan, make a decision. You've already made a great decision today by saying yes to Jesus. Take the next step, make the next best decision you can make, and that's to go to Growth Track. Find out what God has for you. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let me do this. Let me, let me just uh, invite you and, and point your attention to something. If you're new here today, we're, we're going to, uh, as we leave the building, we're going to take an opportunity to give today. We have a give box in the back of the room. Uh, but if you're brand new with us today, you're under no obligation to give this. I'm just sharing this for those that have a heart to do that, that are have committed to tithe and to give of their offerings. And we're so thankful for that. You're making a huge difference uh, in, in the kingdom uh, with your finances, and we're so thankful for that. But you can give at the give box in the back of the room. It's just a big black box there. Uh, but you can also give online uh, or on our app, or you can even text to give. Text any dollar amount to 84321, and, uh, and, and the first time you do that, it'll help you set up your bank account information. But each time you give, it's just a simple way to do it. My wife and I love that way. It's so easy to do. So, uh, but, 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 but thank you for, for your generosity and thank you for your giving. You're making a huge difference that you, you can't even know. I try to share something every single week um, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for your generosity. So thank you for that. Let me pray for you and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send you out for the day. And, uh, and if you need prayer for anything once I'm done praying, I'll be here at this altar with a few of my leaders. We'd be happy to pray for you and believe God will move on your behalf, all right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for all you're doing in us. Thank you for this word that has challenged our hearts. Thank you, uh, God, for, for a realization, for, for an opportunity 
to take our struggles and use it to be a blessing in other people's lives. Lord, help us as we do this. Help us to make a difference in other people's lives. Lord, now we also ask that you would bless this offering as we receive it. Lord, help us reach more people that are far from you with every dollar. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next week.